When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into your Thursday evening edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Hope everyone is doing well out there as we have reached the end of Cleveland Browns minicamp. It is June 8th, 2023, and uh, things have come to an end in Berea. They will take a break. Uh, players will go uh, upon their trips and vacations and spend time with their family. Uh, one last breather here uh, before returning just six weeks from now um, in Greenbrier, West Virginia. Uh, so, yeah, that's the plan. That's the story. Three good days of practice by all accounts. Um Interesting stuff to take away. Uh, I want to go over tonight here briefly. Um, the major questions we have still about this team as we head uh, away from this uh, three-day mandatory minicamp and OTAs and all of the work that has been done and stacked here the past few weeks and uh, how things look as we go to uh, real training camp, which will, uh, as we said, first take place um, in Greenbrier, West Virginia. Now, uh, let's start, first of all, I, I would like to hit on the offense a little bit. So Deshaun got answered some questions. Watson answered some questions on Wednesday, which was day two uh, of the minicamp and uh some he was telling you know the things he said were candid he answered pretty candidly for deshaun um when asked about uh how things were going uh on day two post day two he said everything's new everything's new he repeated again um how is it new different terminology playbook uh, what's different? He would say, I would just say that the foundation and structure of the offense are the same, but as we build and continue to get ready for the season, everything else is new, he said. So, uh, as expected, Kevin Stefanski overhauling the offense in major ways. Um, when asked how things would look uh, different schematically when they take the field on September 10th against the Bengals, which is surely a long way off, now of course uh he said i'm not sure because kevin is always evolving him and avp uh they're always working and watching tape trying to do different things how we can scheme different teams different defensive schemes um so yeah that's what he had to say to that now he goes on to say in this interview um that there are some things he's still picking up. There's some stuff that's still familiar to him from Bill O'Brien's Houston offense. 
Um, he asked if this was, if they took some of that offense and started hearing, he said, no, it's all Kevin. Um, and, and a lot of it is Watson, right? Watson's feedback is huge here. And, and this is what he had to say about that. We have those conversations every day. Watson said, every time we get in the meeting room, they're asking questions. I'm asking questions. I'm giving suggestions or making statements. They're doing the same. It's an open room. Once we get in that room, that's how we're going to continue to grow and be able to have success because no one in that room, AVP or Kevin, who's calling plays, AVP who's dialing up the scripts and all that, no one is stubborn. No one is insecure. With this is the way we need to do it, everyone's open to it, all right, whatever works, it's going to work for us. And if we like it, then we're going to run it. Uh, I'm very excited, he said. Uh, I have a lot more responsibility. Uh, he went on to say um, that he would be putting in a lot of work during his break, right? Now, there is some question as to whether how he'll have some legal proceedings during the break. I don't want to get a ton into all of that, but he does have two outstanding cases, one of which, uh, as lawyer said, is trying to get on the docket. Um but uh, they will report on the 19th of July, 22nd, the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. Um, and at that point, he, you know, they he says he will be studying uh, the overhauled scheme, knowing everyone's assignments. Stefanski went on to talk about it as well. He said he has a plan. We've talked about it. He'll do a couple of things personally. Then he'll have the guys working out in a couple of different spots. They'll stay sharp. So we'll talk about it tomorrow with the team. But the break is really important for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, number one, to get a breather. Two, it's a long season. Uh, no, that's still the breather part. Excuse me. Uh, and then, um, but but continuing to dive into these changes, right? Um, and, yeah, he feels like he's far ahead of last year. Now, you know, we've seen... I mean, it, let's let's be honest. Tuesday was, uh, by all accounts, spectacular. You had you know, um, people taking to Twitter at camp. Uh, Zagura talking about what a special day it was. The you know the electricity that that was alive in Berea on Tuesday as Watson had a phenomenal day throwing the football on the first day back with everybody there. Um, today, by all accounts, most people said it was kind of a school's out for summer type of feel, a shorter practice, guys getting here, getting out of, getting out of here, uh, to go see family, take trips, as I said before, and do all that stuff. But it, it, good to hear that Watson will be spending time with his receivers, staying focused in the playbook, and using the six weeks to just build upon what they've done in OTAs and in this three-day minicamp. Um, standouts, I mean, it's tough to say, right? This is basically a passing camp. Uh, you know, obviously Watson, we thought, looked good pretty much for all three days, especially on Tuesday, but looks more comfortable, and I would agree with his statement that he is much further ahead than... Um, he was last year. 
it's interesting to think about this, right? Like, so the question that's out there, and and it was posed at over at the OBR where I write, but like the expectation that he will return to Watson twenty twenty leading the NFL in passing is a difficult thing to grasp, right? Like, what reason would he not? Physically, he is still the same, still has all the skills, seems to be processing things well, and whatever rust there was eventually will be knocked off. So why would he not return there? And why do so many national pundits seeing this Browns roster, seeing Watson, rate them so far down uh, in the middle of the NFL or at times even uh, on the bottom third of the NFL, we've had national pundits, you know, come out and say they're going to go six and eleven and finish fourth, or seven and ten and finish fourth in the AFC North. And w- w- for what reason? That would imply that Watson would struggle. And we've heard people come out and flat say they don't expect him to return to form. But why is the question, right? Like, what reason would a guy not? return to form now listen i don't expect him to return to 2020 form right away let's be real about this like that was his best season so you can't say oh the very tippy top best season is the expectation yeah at some point sure but there has to be a middle point right or a uh will he play consistently like a top 10 to top five quarterback in the NFL. And that should be the expectation. I feel like not, you know, the numbers of 2020 or this level play. Yeah. He should get close to that and sometimes be that, but more importantly, can he consistently be a top 10 quarterback? Um, and, and I don't think there's really any question physically that he couldn't do that. The reasons that I think people question nationally is a, a lot of guys making these these things is we've talked about this before. There's a, there's a Watson tax. You don't they don't want to tie their name or their opinion to Deshaun. A, B, people want to see it first before they believe it. Right? They want to see him be that quarterback or that player before they really believe it, right? Um, And I would say that Russell Wilson falling flat on his face with his let's rides and his douchebaggery that took place in Denver last year doesn't do him any favors, right? Like, that does Deshaun no favors with a national view or even a local view of, hey, can a guy go from point a or situation a to situation b and just have it not work at all well clearly because we just saw it in in like it's hard to fathom how bad russell wilson was compared to what he was in seattle and yes he's getting older so there is that factor right but still like the drop off is astonishing and so that does him no favors because here's an example of a guy getting paid buku bucks to go to a new location and it doesn't work, right? Uh, also, I would point out that for me, 
this is mostly mental. Like what Watson went through, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of. Don't read this the wrong way. I'm not saying this with a lot of like uh, empathy for him because he put himself in these situations, certainly. But what he went through is not something that anybody is prepared to face. From being star quarterback to the villain and the scrutiny that he was under and the pressure of everything else beyond football that he was facing is not something that a human, any human, is ready to handle. If you look back at Tiger Woods' fall from grace, um, it took him an incredibly long time to get back to being a relevant golfer. Um, it, it does this to people, right? Like your mental state, your confidence, your ability to do what you once did at a certain level can be totally affected by things not having to do with the sport. And I think that's where a lot of the national stuff comes from. I do think that Watson does a pretty good job, and even in the six games that he played poorly, of compartmentalizing some of this. Um, so I don't see it holding him back as this has been a what feels like he seems much freer and happier than he did the first go around. And certainly the full off season with his coach and whatnot will make a big difference. So that's kind of where I'm at with Watson. I do expect him to return to a top 10, top five quarterback form. And I expect the Browns to win a lot of games this year. Nationally, they don't view it that way from most pundits. And I just, I don't think that they're saying, hey, physically he can't do it. I think they're saying mentally we're, we don't know if he can recover from this a and b we don't really want to attach ourselves to that and then even throw in c you know we want to see it first and it's the browns right um i'm cool with that whatever i love the idea of the browns flying under the radar i've wrote about it talked about it it is the best thing that this team can have uh, I want to come back after the short break and hit on some key questions about the roster as they head to Greenbrier in July. This is All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. Blue Wire Podcast, of course, and the OBR. We will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so minicamp is concluded. We are looking to pivot towards uh, Mikey. Thank you. We are uh, pivoting towards Greenbrier and training camp, which will be early. Uh, it's going to be a long. I mean, this is going to be a long off season. Like, I think the six week period is going to go by quickly, um, but once they are back in camp. Uh, it's going to be a long wait 
September 10th feels like a long way off, right? I think we saw the 100 days till kickoff like a few days back. Um, so it's quite interesting uh, how this will play out. Of course, they have the four preseason games this year, the one extra one due to Joe Thomas's induction into the Hall of Fame. Uh, stay tuned for some potential OBR news uh, surrounding what will what's going on with the whole hall of fame there may be news in the uh uh future here coming from that but i cannot disclose yet uh let's take a look here um guys that looked great wide receiver wise i thought david bell uh was looked good out on the field uh tillman of course had his moments he appears to be a good player uh, he sometimes lets the ball get too close to his body and, and something he needs to work on. Marquise Goodwin has, of course, been the camp darling so far. And you know what? I think he brings a, a level of not only, like, he has a he's a great mix of swagger, confidence, and maturity all at the same time. I know that, but that sounds weird, but he is that, and that's kind of something that they haven't really had. Like, he is a veteran who's seen it, done it, been successful, knows what it takes to be a professional wide receiver, still is a burner, and has that moxie. Um, and I think that is something really nice about this team. Uh, Jakeem Grant is working his way through uh, his recovery. Is there a spot for him on this roster? That's a question. Uh, what does this wide receiver room look like? And is DeAndre Hopkins still in the mix? I tend to lean towards no at the end of this week. And that probably, like, I'm not against getting DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, but he would move the needle and it, and it would be an all-in move. But it just feels like right now the money they're asking for um, for him, unless it comes down, like the deal that he is pointing to is the Odell Beckham Jr. deal. And I've talked about this before, but that $15 million, thank you. Uh, the, that $15 million was basically given to him under a totally different set of circumstances than normal it's not football related all of it right like certain amount of the 15 million dollars is paid to odell beckham jr because they think he can be a good wide receiver and a certain amount due to the surroundings that the baltimore ravens were in the pressure that they were under because of lamar jackson forced their hand and it actually worked i mean their move to give him 15 million up to 18 in incentives is a huge overpayment but bringing him in actually kind of mended fences and they got the deal done with um lamar also of course the deal done uh for Hertz also played a big role in that. But 
at the time they needed to make a move that got Lamar's attention and an Odell Beckham Jr. the name and the player uh, got that done and $15 million is an absurd price for a guy that didn't take a snap last year. So now you've got Hopkins pointing to that number, and it's not really a fair number, and it was given to Odell under totally different pretenses than this contract is. Uh, it's not all football-related contract is basically the point, right? Like, there was a ton of other factors in that. Um, so not really fair. Now, the longer this goes, and it doesn't sound like anybody's going to give DeAndre $15 million. I would be floored if somebody did. Um, but the longer this goes and it comes down to $10 million or $9 million or $8 million or whatever it is, if it, if, if it has to be a two-year deal for certain teams to make it work financially, void years, signing bonuses, however you want to make it work, if it comes out to be... I figure he probably signed somewhere between eight and ten, seven and ten million eventually. Um, ten is a nice round number. Ten with incentives to get him to like thirteen or fifteen. Um, I, I don't know. Somewhere around ten feels right. But who is gonna pay that? Would the Browns pay that? I don't know. After minicamp, watching Donovan Peoples-Jones, like $10 million to roll over till next year is very, very valuable to the Browns in their, in their set of circumstances as they move forward. It's huge for them, right? So do they want to spend that this year and then move off of DPJ? I don't know. Like it, it feels to me like it's not going to happen with the Browns. He is visiting with the Titans. I would be surprised if it happens for them, except for the fact that them moving off of their last star wide receiver cost their GM his job last year. So maybe they come back and, and this is a way to fix that or Rabel can fix that with this, but who knows? He is visiting with them. Uh, I read an article today where Green Bay thinks they're in on him. I uh, That's the first I've heard of that. Uh, the Chiefs are still in the mix somewhere. Buffalo as well. Some teams have taken themselves out. But you can't take that all too seriously because if the price changes, are they really out? I don't know. I don't think it happens um, for for the Browns just because I think they have enough and I don't think the price will come down enough for them to say, okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, this is worth it. I do agree, and Andrew over at the OBR is very adamant about this, that, like, I would not be against it at all. If they decide to do it, it makes a ton of sense because you want, you've hitched your wagon to Watson, and Watson's success means everything for your head coach, your GM, everybody up and down in this organization as a whole. So you want to do everything to make him successful and bringing in Hopkins, familiarity, chemistry, all those things, uh, the success they had together is a huge deal, right? So I get that. Um, 
and he is uh, an excellent player by no question about it, right? He would make the team better 100%. Um, so I'm not against it, just my feeling at this point is I don't think it happens. Key questions roster-wise, uh, and it's, it's hard to find because there's a lot of good players on this roster, right? So... Um, is Ford really ready to be your running back too? Do they leave minicamp thinking that Ford is ready? That's a huge question. I don't know the answer to it, but I think that in the next six weeks, any moves surrounding the running back position will tell us that story. If they go into Greenbrier with Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, Demetric Felton, John Kelly and Nate McCrary, Hassan Hall, UDFA, then I think they think that Jerome Ford can be the guy that they want him to be as their running back too. I lean towards that being the case, honestly. Um, fifth, sixth, or seventh, linebacker. Uh, so if you look at this linebacker group here, right, we've got... Uh, J.O.K., Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, Tony Fields. Takitaki not healthy yet. Uh, Walker not all the way back yet, but J.O.K. Uh, you've got Matthew Adams, Jacob Fields, Tony Phillips. That's six. Jordan Kanasik, I think, makes this team. So who is the odd man out? I know That feels like the six or seven you're going to carry right there. Kanasik, Fields. Phillips, Adams, Walker, JOK, and then Taki Taki, probably not healthy to start right away. The other guys that are in the mix here is Charlie Thomas, UDFA, and Mohamed Diabate, UDFA, who is also, uh, he's one of the guys they gave some guaranteed money to in his UDFA contract. So, they carry six who's the odd man out maybe adams i don't know it feels like they'll need to carry six and taki taki to start the season personally because i don't know if he's going to be ready week one that's still kind of up in the air right so that's the thought at linebacker uh defensive end right uh, so, you, of course, you've got Zedarius and Miles, and you've got uh, Okoronkwo, and you've got, uh, I think, Alex Wright, by all accounts, um, is had a pretty good minicamp in OTAs, and they're using him on the interior some, which is a great sign because they thought he took his best reps there last year. Um, but then you're looking at, Isaiah Thomas, you're looking at Isaiah McGuire, your draft pick, Lonnie Phelps, Priority, UDFA, those guys, right? And do you carry five? Probably five. I I would bet with this group they carry five. So does it, for me, it kind of comes down to McGuire or Isaiah Thomas and 
who do you have a better chance of getting through to the practice squad? Probably, maybe Isaiah Thomas would probably be a better chance there to get through. Um, on the interior, you got, you know, what feels like will be Tomlinson, Ika's in, uh, and Elliot is probably in at this point. And at first glance, it doesn't feel a whole ton better. Uh, you got to put a Schwartz a lot into this. If you, I think the guy they want to really step in and be the guy as like defensive end four and play a lot is Maurice Hurst. If he can just stay healthy, I think that spot is his. Just my thoughts on it. Perrion Winfrey, of course. Uh, so there's some decisions to make there, and who do you shuffle to your try to maintain practice squad? The other question on the defense here is who's going to be safety for? Will DeAnthony Bell be able to uh, hold that spot, or will Ronnie Hickman... Um, UDFA from Ohio State be able to push him there. The other question then on top of that is when you look at corners five and six. So we've got Newsom, Emerson, Ward, Mike Ford is kind of their backup nickel right now by all counts. AJ Green, Cameron Mitchell, that's six right there. So that might be it. The The guy that I have a question about is Cameron Westry, Thomas Graham. Can, or not Cameron Westry. Chris Westry came over from the um, Ravens, has some experience of playing time. He's a big body corner. Do they find a place, make a place for him on the roster? Probably not. I think your six is is Ward, Emerson, Newsom, Mike Ford, uh, also a special teams ace there, and then A.J. Green and Cameron Mitchell. I think that's your six probably right there. Um, yeah. The other questions... Depth-wise, well, they answered one this week uh, in our own Brad Sainbrook uh, was on it thanks to one of our VIPs for catching a discrepancy in the numbers early that led us to uncovering that the Browns have signed a uh, pay cut deal with um, tight end Harrison Bryant. So... Uh, looks like Bryant will be here this year after a lot of chatter about him not being here. Looks like he will be uh, in that room with Njoku and Aikens, and that answers some questions there as he is. Uh, they've renegotiated his deal to like $1.75 million from down from like two point seven. A lot of that had to do with an escalator, uh, but uh, he did sign it and renegotiate it, so it looks like he will be here for that. Um, and so that's kind of the main questions, right? That's it. Like, you know who your wide receivers are. You know who your offensive line is. Depth, there's always going to be questions and battles. But, you know, do they get another body in at defensive tackle? This six, six weeks will provide. There's a little bit of buzz around in Dominican Sue uh, now. 
um, as the Browns uh, have a guy, um, a coach um, in, uh, pardon me, his name is escaping me. I'll have it. Mikey, slide me that right there. Uh, the Browns have a coach that was coached with Schwartz for a long time, um, Jim Washburn, uh, as a uh, defensive tackle. And there were some questions uh, about why he was in camp. Was he just visiting? He has signed on as a Browns defensive consultant. Now he coached Sue for like, three or four, I guess, multiple stops in his career. Uh, Washburn has coached him. So there is a link there to Indomitian Sioux. Of course, Matt Ioannidis and Shelby Harris still available out there, which would be upgrades to uh, what the Browns have on the roster. So it's that or Hopkins. I do think they make one move still. Um, I don't think they're done, right? And so I think they will make one move. But really, the other questions are the ones we just went over for safety, uh, fifth defensive end, sixth or seventh linebacker. These are the questions again. And Jerome Ford is, is a question I think we find out here in the next six weeks. But um, so that's pretty much it. I wanted to talk about minicamp. I want to talk about Watson, the, the question about him nationally. The depth on this roster, uh, the questions we, that will get answered in the next six weeks by the personnel and uh, Andrew Barry, personnel department and Andrew Barry with the Browns. And then, of course, uh, kind of an overarching look at this team, which, you know, it's a lot to get excited about. And a lot of the stuff that Watson said I thought was very well stated and good to hear foundation of the offense remains the same but all the rest is very new everything's new he says which is a good sign for the cleveland browns so with that i'm going to get out of here this has been another edition of all eyes on cleveland brought to you by of course blue wire podcast and the orange and brown report where we are currently offering 60 percent off to all subscribers for mini camp week head over there and uh, read all of the good writing and reports coming out, including some of my own writing this weekend. And with that, we are out.